Hello and welcome to the Show Me How To podcast, the podcast where we speak with inspirational individuals. Today on the show with us, we have Carlos Price. Carlos is a rugby player, entrepreneur, and hosts his own podcast. Welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Very good, brother. Uh, I wouldn't call myself inspirational, but um, that's flattering, bro. Um, <laughs> mate, good to chat to you, man. With, with that many, uh, with that many accreditations to the list, I'm sure that's inspirational. <laughs> <laughs> Try to, bro. Try to. <laughs> Look, before we get into the um, into the business and the podcast side of things, can you take us on a journey on your rugby career? How did that all start? Um, yeah, man. Uh, so started playing footy. I think I was probably th- three years old. Um, the the rug- rugby, as you know, a lot of kids in New Zealand get, just get into rugby. It's just the thing. And down in the mount where I live, Mount Monganui, that was the thing around here. You play rugby. So went down uh, three years old in the local rugby club. Um, the snotty nose, the cold feet, cold toes in the mornings, <laughs> playing at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, so young to put, so young playing, bro. I actually used to run off the field and um, play frisbee with kids on the side of the field, like during the game. And I just oh, had no man. idea, man. And, <laughs> so I, but I loved it. And I grew up loving, loving the game. And, um, I went through my whole, you know, my primary playing for the Mount. And then I went to, uh, to intermediate um, and then college and obviously at college you play for your school so I went to Tauranga Boys and um, spent three years at Tauranga Boys uh, lucky enough to make the the first 15 in year 11 when I was there my last year there actually solid that's pretty um, young for first 15 yeah 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 bro it was um, I mean it gets it's gotten younger and younger now hasn't it like you see guys in there at all ages but um, yeah I think I would have been I think I was 15 um, 15 first game um had a, had a few hiccups, of course, and, um, you know, the age showed a little bit. Um, there were times, like, uh, something that I'm almost still known for, bro, was when I was in year 11, I we played a game against Gisborne Boys on TV. Hopefully no one can find the highlights on this, but <laughs> um, played probably the, one of the games of my life, bro. I played, I'm, like, you know, I was so happy with my game and still, still real young. I started the game, played the whole game. Um, first game on TV, I think, or first game starting on TV, and, um, got to like the last last minute of the game and last play of the game and we were two points down. We got a penalty almost straight out in front, five metres out from the line. Um, and rather than taking the kick, the ball was right in front of me. I tapped it and I went to run to score a try. <laughs> I got tackled just before the line. Um, dudes were offside, by the way, so bullshit. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I got tackled and we ended up getting held up over the line, game over, we lost the game and I was known as quick tap for about the next year. <laughs> um, and so uh, from there, I was lucky enough to get a scholarship up to um, St. Kennegan College in Auckland. Spent my spent my last two years there at school uh, playing playing footy in their first 15 for my last two and um, some of the best experiences of my life. So happy I got to go there um, and experience it, the rugby um, especially in Auckland, um, it's next level, man. It's just like you, you just don't – I don't I don't think you experience it anywhere else. The only place I've seen close to it is probably South Africa and their schoolboy rugby. But other than that, I don't think anyone else um, can can reach what you do in Auckland. Um, in my last year of school, I signed my first professional deal with Wellington Lions um, and the Hurricanes, just like a retainer with them, and um, spent two years down in Wellington – uh, playing for the Lions, got my first game, my first year out of school, spent my first sort of two weeks with the Hurricanes, my first year out of school, and 
Um, and then, you know, I was in and out with uh, injury replacement player contracts with, with the Canes for that time. Um, and then I moved closer to home to Waikato, spent a year at Waikato, uh, playing for the Mulus for a year um, in Hamilton, um, purely off the basis that I wanted to be a bit closer to home, missed my family and missed my little sisters and that. Um, and then I, it's the COVID was a bit of a shit year. I was supposed to actually go overseas, but um, things fell through. Um, I was actually going to a, a new team in um, that major league rugby in America, a new franchise. Oh, and, no way. Um, yeah, so that whole thing actually fell through. So uh, with with COVID and um, the bid and stuff and, and everything didn't work out, um, the team was supposed to be based in Hawaii. What a place to live, man. That would have been awesome, um, eh? Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. Uh, kind of like the Mount, just bigger. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> uh, imagine, like, that's been, like, my dream place to go to, bro is to Hawaii and to be able to live there for a few years would have been, would have been unreal, but uh, I'm a massive believer in uh, everything happens for a reason, bro. And um, if I had it gone, I wouldn't have had my son. So like uh, about a year ago, one on Sunday, about a year ago, I had my first boy. Um, and that's probably the highlight of my life, man. My, my, my son, Romy boy, um, love him a bits. And uh, I, we actually, I took him at two months old this year, start of this year, I took him at two months old and we, we moved to Australia, to Sydney. Um, I signed a deal over there for a team. Um, we spent close to six months there and then the, the season actually had to be cancelled because of COVID, got really bad over there. Um, so I came home, lucky I did come home when I did. We, we were pretty prompt with it and um, otherwise we would have been stuck there. Some of the boys are still stuck, stuck there at the moment, so... Um, I guess yeah. Now, now, now I'm here talking to you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Now it's um, sounds like COVID had a pretty big impact for you, eh? First Aussie, and then well, first the states, and then Aussie. But, yeah, um, I think it's played a massive role in like where I've ended up. Um, yep. Not so much. I guess it didn't really affect my life as such, but it did affect yeah, where where we were gonna go. Because you run a business and a podcast as well. So do you think you would have still done that if you went over, over to Aussie? Um, I did do it while we were over there. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was basing out of a 3PL company here with my stock. So how I did it was because it's an online business, pretty much everything is the same. Um, I'm just doing it from Australia. And yeah. then uh, yeah. when I make orders and stuff, my stuff was sitting in a 3PL company in Auckland, um, which is third party logistics. That's what it stands for. And they send out my, um, my stock for me and my orders. They manage it for me. Um, so Pretty much everything was still happening the same, but I just didn't have the stock with me. Yeah, fair enough. Eh? Fair enough. At um, do you reckon you need a pretty solid inventory management system to actually have a three PL work for you from a different country? Yes, um, I I did have troubles with it. Um, I don't didn't think it was as organised as I'd like it to be. Um, actually, hence the reason I ended up we ended up starting our own three PL company. So. Um, within 138, we have a 3PL sector called 3PL NZ, and we run orders for a couple other companies, uh, Massage Gun Company and um, another T-shirt company. And so what we do is we hold their stock um, with our stock, um, and it's all done out of um, my partner's mum's garage, and she looks after it, bro. So she's turned it into like a, a little inventory warehouse um, with with all the shelving and stuff, and. Um, she does it monthly. She's our logistics manager. She runs it all. Um, she runs our orders. She runs everyone else's orders. Um, and I just pay her monthly to do that. Um, but yeah, the, the, the whole idea came from going to the 3PL company in Auckland, realizing that 
there's actually probably not a lot of people doing it right in New Zealand, just starting to start it ourselves. And it's a slow burner, but um, it's more a long game for us, that one. Yeah, yeah. It's um, New Zealand being such a small company, you get those global 3PL companies come in and there's just not enough focus. Like they don't yeah. actually team of 5 million, right? So the 5 million versus 50 million, they tend to focus overseas. Yeah, exactly, bro. You would, you would have had a better experience in some 3PL companies, have you? Yeah, yeah. So I've worked with a few 3PL companies um, throughout my time. And something that I always find is that the focus has either shifted to um, to other companies or other countries, or um, just because of the island structure, they don't understand how difficult it is to operate in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it is tough, eh? especially if you're not um, based here or from here. Um, so yeah, like I said, we're we're on the um, we're on a slow burner. We've only got a couple companies in there. It's just getting engaged for things to make sure that we know how to run it and operate it eventually, hopefully. Um, Leah, who runs our, our stuff, she'll be able to go full-time in it and, and manage it completely, which would be exciting a few years away, though. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, but, you know, it's um, you sort of each level up, you learn something different. Eh? So every each level up, you learn from either other companies or from your own experiences. 100% agree, bro. What do you reckon uh, from your rugby career? What was the big difference there? Like you mentioned, coming from Tauranga to Auckland, there was a massive difference in the level of rugby. Do you reckon that was to do with the training aspect of it or the discipline? What do you reckon was the big reason? Um, I mean, in terms of like the the level of rugby itself, yeah, it's definitely harder in Auckland, but there was still some good level of rugby here in Tauranga. Um, when we, we played in a Super 8 competition, which is a very strong competition, uh, with the, the likes of Rotorua boys and Hamilton boys. Um, so the level wasn't, um, I guess, always lacking, um, although the Auckland's probably the hardest comp. Um, it's more the other aspects of it, like the the, the school getting around it and um, like having your whole school turn up to the games. And, I mean, we had like almost, I think it was almost 13,000 people at our um at our final, at our Auckland final, bro, against Auckland Grammar at Eden Park. So, um, like, that sort of stuff just doesn't happen in, in Tauranga. Um, people are just passionate about it. They bloody get painted up. They paint your name and your number on their backs. And um, But, yeah, definitely the the whole training side of Auckland was was different and harder. Um, and it almost teaches you in um, to be a professional before you become professional. You go to like these um, academy stuff and that's what a lot of boys do out of school now. They'll go out of school and they'll go into academy systems, uh, whether it be Waikato or Canterbury or Tasman or Wellington, and they go into those systems and they already almost know what to what to do and how to deal with everything because they've been through that at school at St. Kent's. Um, I'm speaking as St. Kent's because that's what I know. Um, like, man, we would train four mornings, four afternoons a week, bro, so... Like it was like professional, like we had, we had the gym sessions and speed sessions in the morning. And then we had um, footage, like, we, you know, we'd, we'd sit in the room and watch footage on a Monday night. And um, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday would be, or Tuesday, Thursday would be training and Friday would have a captain's run. And like, it was real full on, um, but I loved it. It was, it was crazy. And um, I, I give a little, uh, a lot of respect to our coach at the time, Tyler Vere. Um, he built an amazing culture and just knows how to deal with um, deal with the boys playing footy. And we just pretty much, you know, we're family, man. And um, you're out there playing with your family every day. There's nothing gets much better than that. Probably drives a lot of discipline in yourself as well, right? Yep. 
uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, like your, your habits and stuff you get used to and, um, you know, getting up at, at 5.30 every morning to train four mornings a week at school and then having to go to school all day um, for two years, you know, that, that sets good habits in your, in your life and I think you do. I think coming out of it, um, rugby in general, uh, what I've learned from rugby is um, and, and how I find myself now is I'm quite structured and I'm quite, um, I like to follow a schedule almost because um, when you're in like a full, full-time rugby system you you get your calendar for the week and it's got time blocks of everything so at eight o'clock you might have gym till nine o'clock and then at 9 30 you might have a um session in the in the whiteboard room um watching footage and then um at 11 o'clock you'll have uh, professional development you might be going to um you know some someone might be wanting to be a barista or try the barista course or something so they'll go to a coffee place and learn how to make coffee and stuff like that and then in the afternoon at one o'clock till three o'clock you'll have on-field training and you're almost told where to be all the time and so when you come out of it it's like oh shit like where's my camera who's gonna tell me me where i need to be (laughs) yeah bro exactly it's not not having anyone to tell you where to be and so like coming out of there and i think i've always been quite like that anyway but um like i like to have a schedule and a calendar and i like to know when things are and um and you know there's there's flaws to that bro like um today we messed up <laughs> messed up my calendar and i was in the pool and i didn't see my notification and we we're supposed to be on this an hour ago and um swimming lessons on boy so you get you get you do got to get used to it um but it's all learning yeah it is a and like, like you know what like probably helps you heaps right now because you're trying to juggle you're trying to juggle like rugby the podcast being in a, having a business and then you have a one-year-old son as well and that's not easy like most people would probably stop at maybe two of those yeah 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 i was actually listening to gary v the other day and he was saying something like someone was like oh i've got all this stuff going on in my life like how do i how do i balance it and and how do you manage everything you've got going on in your life um, and he was like you know i like people like to hold on to one or two plates in the air one plate in the air and, and look after that but um the way I see it is if you have um, six plates in the air um, and you drop two of them, you still got four. So, um, <laughs> so something might crumble, bro. So, and, it, and that's just the way it is. And that's the way the game is that I'm in. And um, I just live with that, but yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's time management and um, being organized and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your clothing brand, like 138. What, what is 138 and how did you develop it? Um, so 138 is a streetwear clothing brand, um, which I started two years ago. Um, it's a, I'll give you a bit of a backstory on it. So when I came out of school, uh, my first year out of school, I managed to make the, um, New Zealand under twenties team a year young. And I didn't think I was going to make that side. Um, and so I had enrolled in uni and whatnot. Um, and I went across to Australia in the first comp, uh, and then I'd, I pulled out of uni because it was supposed to be away for a couple months out of out of country in the first half of the year, two or three months. Um, and then I went to the first Oceania camp and I, in, th- in the last game, I did my um, tore a ligament in my foot and I couldn't go away to the World Cup. So um, I was back at home. I couldn't train because I had busted my foot and I was out for months. Um, I pulled out of uni and I was sitting there 
And I was like, what should I do? Like, I was like, oh, well, I always want to start a business. So I might as well start a business. Like, and clothing was something I was interested in at the time. I'd seen a couple of clothing brands start and I thought oh, that'd be a cool thing to do. Um, so that's how it started. And I actually started my first clothing brand, which was before 138. Um, and it got to, I did that for about 18 months and it got to a point where I just didn't like where it was going. It was more of a hobby. It wasn't really a business. I didn't know how to run a business. I was never registered or anything like that. And it was just, um, trying to start this business and it didn't work out. And, um, I learned a lot from it though. And so I went, I, I stopped it and I said, I was going to, I'm always going to come back to this, but, um, next time with a little bit more meaning and a little bit more knowledge. And so, I came back into it. I started 138 um, and I went by the motto of inspired by purpose because I thought my first time around, I never had purpose in anything I did. Pur- to me, purpose is everything. So um, inspired by that's where inspired by purpose came from and it goes down to the name. So 138 is the street address of the house I grew up in. My family still lives there. So um, it's a place that's near and dear to me and it looks after the most important pe- people in my life. And so that's how it started. And then we started stuff like... Um, First T-shirt we did was a Save the Elephants T-shirt. Scrolling on Facebook, saw that Donald Trump legalized the trading of t- elephant tusks, and um, that pissed me off. So we did put together a cartoon. Uh, we chucked it on the T-shirt, Save the Elephants, and then we donated 10% of profits to a Save the Elephants organization online. And then we brought out a T-shirt with a two-part quote on the back. Um, said, you know, it's funny when it rains, it pours. They got money for wars, but can't feed the poor. Um, something that I thought, you know, there's so much money circling around in the world, yet there's so many people who are who go hungry and, and don't have food and shelter and um, things that just wow me. So this, this was all leading into that that purpose-driven mindset. And um, yeah, I guess two years on, we've developed as, as a business itself and now we've created more of a, a community. And um, we, like to, we like to say community first because um, we're, we're a community brand. Um, without the people that are that are a part of us like we're nothing and like our our return customer rate is crazy bro so like what a lot of our our I guess profit is and a lot of our sales is from um, people who have bought from us before and that means a lot to me because it just shows that they're not coming to buy something because they like it and then they're off again they've come to buy because one they like what we're doing one they like the clothes or two they like the clothes um, and three they want to support so um, now we've built that community and we're slowly scaling it out. We've got a couple of boys coming on now, which is pretty exciting. And um, hopefully, hopefully it, it, it takes off. That's the hardest part of customer retention is like it, the money that it takes to actually get a customer is so much more than it takes to retain a customer. So once you get that sorted, then you're, then you've got, as you mentioned, a community behind you. hundred percent. And that's, that's, um, that, to me, I, I see that as just being genuine and raw and honest um, and real with people because um, people, people, to me, people buy from people and um, if they're going to be a return customer, um, they need to, well, in my opinion, you need to make connections with them so they know that um, who they're supporting and what they're supporting. That's why we document this as like this whole journey and story. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build a story around us that people can feel a part of. You know, there's people that message us now and go, bro, I was no, I followed you in 2019 when, um, when you just started out. So cool to see where you've come, and um, that's that's exciting for me because it's like people are seeing like where we've come from, and and we started vlogging. We didn't have the cameras. We didn't have the the cool stuff. We did it off the phone. We did it off the $200 camera I found on Facebook Marketplace. We did all that because 
now you can look back at it and be like, look where we are now. It's cool to see the progress that we've made. People have been along that journey with us. Um, and hopefully, you know, in five and 10 years time, we look back at now and go, oh, look where we were in that cool office that we thought was so cool, but it's at the back of a gym. Um, it's only like 25 square meters big. Um, yeah, so that's, that's the whole thing around it. Is that, is that the office you just set up recently? Yeah, bro. Yeah. So yeah. Moment, yeah. yeah, that's pretty uh, cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bro, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so cool, man. But, um, you know, I look back, I think back and I, I sit back sort of and look at it and like, I'm like, oh, I, I still am at the back of a gym. Like there's a gym at the front. We, we leased out the mezzanine office at the back of the gym. Um, and it's literally not even big enough to have probably 10 people in here. So it's not big, um, but you know, you think you hit jackpot and um, it's cool to sort of document the stuff. So, so you can kind of look, if, if not for other people, for yourself, you can kind of look back and be like, Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like um, being genuine, like it's cool to see someone who's followed that story through. Like if I look onto your website, it says on that as well, that fashion is not the key driver behind the brand. It's actually yeah. the people. And and it's cool to see someone actually genuine behind the brand on the website and in all aspects. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we, we just, we're just about um, just being good people here, bro. And um, of course it's a business and you have to make money and that's reality. Um, but to do that, we believe the best way of, of doing that is, um, is building community and, and throwing happiness to people. So um, like our, our whole way of, we try and generate sales is by adding value to people's lives um, and hope that in return that they'd like to support us by buying our clothes. So our whole mindset is provide value to people for free, provide yeah. value, whether it be education, whether it be entertainment, you know, we make going to make cool vlogs and we're going to make cool podcasts in this news sort of studio we've set up. We're going to, we're going to have beers with the boys on the couch. We're going to go live on Facebook and we're going to, chop it up and smack some beers and talk shit so people can watch and, and yeah. find it interesting and have fun and enjoy that. And then we're also going to teach all the mistakes that we make. Um, I have a fuck up with shipping. So I'm going to teach that. I'm going to do a podcast on it. Whoever's trying to start a clothing brand. This is what I did wrong. Don't do this because I've already done it. You don't need to all that sort of stuff. So then they turn around and go, Oh, I'm cold. I need a hoodie. I remember that guy that helped me or I remember the boys that I find entertaining that fucking entertain me every day after work. I'm going to go to them and buy a hoodie. Yeah. But bro, that is, that is so solid. Like, you know, something that always gets me is someone starts a new brand and like straight away, sometimes their mates will come and their mates will be like, what, what's the mates rate? But you got to yeah. remember like these guys are starting new brands, right? Buy that full price. Let, let it get to like, let the business scale before you start talking about mates rates. Remember those who have stuck, behind you 100 percent. well you I mean you're going to go to a store you'll go to a restaurant you'll pay full price to a person that you don't even know why yeah. would you pay less for um someone that you did know like you know it's a, they did buy it at the end of the day and they're trying to resell it so 100 percent, bro I, I understand what you're saying um and that did come and um sometimes i did fall for it fall to it but um you know eventually i got the uh, thicker skin and I developed the ability to just be like, you know, no, nah, no, nah, you got to pay full price. Like you need to help support me. At, like if you're not going to buy a full price, it's all good. I'll find someone who will. Yeah. Just wait for the sale to come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's something you 
it's all these little things that you learn, man. And like, um, for us, like we, we very rarely go on sale. Um, and like, I see businesses, which, you know, might work for them, but I see businesses like they'll go on sale every second week or whatever. So people will just like, they go to, um, let's say Briscoe's for example, bro. Like they have, they literally, I swear they have a, um, flash sale on now ends Friday outside their store every single week. And like, you know that now. So you're just like, oh, I won't go there. I'll just buy it. I'll buy it when it's on special because I know they can have a sale. Um, so we tr- we've developed the scarcity, th- the scarcity concept. So like we, we kind of don't make enough for the demand. And then um, we make it and go, oh, we might not be restocking this. People want to buy it. Um, and and we and we try not to go on sale because we don't need to at the moment. And then, you know, when this big stuff, like we're about to drop one tomorrow, which is Black Friday, which is almost like um, illegal if you don't, <laughs> you don't go on sale on Black Friday. Um, so it's almost like, oh, when, when it does come, it's like, uh, I guess, a surprise. Oh, you're sweet. You're on sale. Like, I'm definitely going or something. Yeah. And bro, you know, that speaks to quality as well. Eh? Like you see heaps of drop shippers. And the whole idea behind like drop shipping is chuck it on sale for most of the year and people yeah. are going to buy it because it has sale written on it. Mm, exactly, man. <laughs> so I see a lot of those, bro. Um, I've, I've seen a few massage gun, gun companies around and that. Yeah. But it's the, the price that they're selling it at is on sale, but it's the price they leave it at all the time. Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's um, has, has, has COVID impacted your... Um, your business, mate, has as like shipping, global shipping, and shipping prices increasing, and all of that. How much of an impact have you had from that? Don't get me started, bro. Don't get me started. I might get I might get heated up. <laughs> <laughs> it's been terrible, bro, with COVID. My God, um, timing, uh, price just shot through the roof since COVID started. Because obviously, there's a limited amount of of planes going around, as you would know, man. Yeah. Um, so there's limited space for um, for items to go on it. So um, these companies just charging ridiculous amounts. Uh, so eventually, you want to be on boats anyway. So we, I think, the boat hasn't changed too much. Um, so we're on, we're on mostly on boats at the moment. But um, in the first the first real COVID shipping encounter I had was. I was bringing in 15 boxes of hoodies and I got quoted 7,000 US dollars to bring them in on a, on a plane shipping. Oh. It's just for shipping. And then I, I went to go put them on a boat and I got quoted 700 US dollars. So um, that was like my first like, holy shit. And it wouldn't obviously be that, that high usually because COVID usually isn't around, but I mean, it hasn't really changed too much since then. I reckon shipping's not hit us yet, eh? I reckon we're not New Zealand because we're so far down. Most companies had a lot of stock in their DCs already that they're selling through. But yeah. like especially clothing companies, like I've spoken to a couple of guys who run other brands, and what they're seeing is shipping affecting us now because everything gets held up at international ports. Yeah. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the time in the um and the money, bro, that's that's literally the only two. Once it gets here, like shipping around New Zealand, I haven't found much of an issue with. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it, like I said, it was the time. It was the um, at the beginning of COVID. It was the China going through lockdowns, and so the the factories were shutting down and production was stopping, and um, things were getting here two three months late. And um, it, yeah, it definitely has improved. Um, but yeah, like yeah, like you just said from from other brands, it's the it's the time of getting them off the boat, and the the ports are so congested. We have a port here in Tauranga, Port of Tauranga, and uh, we go out fishing quite often and we went out the other day and, you know, there's like 10 ships just anchored outside the entrance, like waiting to come in. It's just, it's just so crazy. There's just so many around. Yeah. We've got a pretty um, complicated shipping network. Eh? Like everything skips Auckland now because Auckland is so congested. goes down to yeah. Taranga and everything's just moving down the East coast of New Zealand. <laughs> it's is like, this right, your company? This is with like all companies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Everyone's just like, everything gets skipped from Auckland, goes on to Tauranga. And if it doesn't, it's going to just move down the east coast of New Zealand. And then everything gets de-vanned and then you're paying more for trucks to come up. It's it's all oh. sorts of... Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an absolute shambles at the moment, bro. And I hope it comes right soon. Yeah, hopefully. It should. If, bro, like Freedom Day for Auckland's what, 4th of December? Hopefully that helps. <laughs> You'd hope so, bro, unless Auntie <laughs> Sin decides to put us in another lockdown or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hope not. I've uh, just booked... Flights to Queenstown, so how good. <laughs> um, yep. I wanna I wanna have a quick chat on um the Hustlers podcast as well, bro. Tell me tell me about the Hustlers podcast. You're pretty open, honest, the conversations you have on there, and yep. you dive quite deep into stories of everyone's lives. Was that the intention behind it? Uh, the intention around starting it wasn't really, I guess. Um, it was more uh Gary V told me that um every business should have a podcast so I started a podcast <laughs> and um it was it, it initially started called the 138 podcast um and then so what we did on there was we either entertained people like I said we educated people um through documenting what we're doing and we document our journey and those were like our three things and so we're still like that um, but I just like I started getting guests on, started being good for my mental health because I got to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation with people, talk about their lives um, and how interesting their lives are and how much I was learning from these people. Um, and then I realized that that was probably the main reason why I'm doing the podcast now is because I get to sit down with cool people, talk about their journeys and learn from them. And so, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's sort of why I do it now. I separated it from the business and put it under myself more so. So I called it Hustlers um yeah and the, and the hustlers is just sort of to represent that hustler mentality um the the ability to to hustle and to to try and 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 try and achieve things bigger than what you're expected of um and so we get on people on with with interesting and inspiring stories that people can learn from um or be entertained by um yeah and, I, and i'm and i'm loving it bro i'm loving i'm loving it and and we've we've sort of set up this kind of podcast studio as I mentioned before, which is going to um, help level that up. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's um I, I love that name, a hustler mentality. It's I, I remember a mate once told me, like we were talking about uni stuff, and I think I was being lazy or something, and he yeah. comes to me and says, "Are you really happy with being mediocre?" And I was just like, uh, "Fuck, am I?" <laughs> <laughs> Bro, tell me about your, your podcast name. Where'd you get that from? Show me how to. So show me how to started because the intention behind the podcast was to have all these conversations and actually learn from entrepreneurs and creatives about their journey. And same thing, like if anyone 
if any of the listeners want to understand how they can go on their journey, it gives yep. a little bit of insight. Like someone can pop on this, listen to it, listen to the challenges that you've been facing and, yeah. and they can maybe learn what they need to change from that. So it was an idea of like, show me how to do it, but also at the same time, like you've done it. So can you show me how to? Nice. I like that. That's cool, bro. So yeah, yeah. Like I've, um, I'm, I'm similar in the sense I always wanted to start a business and then yeah. I tried a few different businesses and then everyone who I would listen to would be like, follow what you're good at. And I struggled with that. I couldn't realize, I couldn't figure out what I'm good at. Yeah. And one day it just clicked. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Like my missus, she calls me um, the parrot and that's because I love talking. So I was like, <laughs> right, actually that, that's not wrong. I love talking to people. So yeah. that's probably what I'm good at. And the second one was I already asked heaps of questions when I met creators and entrepreneurs. So I was like, why don't I combine the two together and uh, just have a chat? That's cool, bro. That's cool. And it's good that you have like a, a, like a reasoning behind it. You know, a lot of people are actually, you'd be surprised now that I see that a starting podcast is for how starting up. Oh, I want to start a podcast because, you know, that's cool. Or that's, um, that's what everyone's doing now starting a podcast, but the people that have a real meaning and purpose behind why they're doing it, I think, um, it comes more naturally to you for one. Uh, I think you're going to succeed a lot, a lot easier. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You know, I got to say one thing for the listeners, by the way, if, if they don't know who Gary V is, then Instagram Gary V, and I can bet you you've heard of him or you've seen a video of Gary V. He's everywhere right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, bro. Like when, when I heard about him, literally changed my life. Um, it's like... If you want to have a guru that knows everything that's going to happen before it happens, follow him. Like, <laughs> you literally just listen to him. Like, he, he was saying that everyone's going to be on this new TikTok thing. Um, of all ages, it's going to be massive. It's going to consume the world. This was, you know, six months before it actually happened. And I was just like, holy shit. Why didn't I start a TikTok when Gary Vee told me to start one? Um, now I'm going to listen to everything Gary Vee says. Yeah, he was pretty spot on on cryptocurrency as well. Because I remember ages back, he was telling everyone to buy Bitcoin. Yeah, NFTs. NFTs, now yeah. NFTs yeah. And now they're blowing up. Like, <laughs> it's still confused. NFTs are still confusing for me. Eh? Like, I just haven't got my head around how to yes, buy so. them or like what they, what the purpose behind them is. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't understand yet the purpose of a like the majority of NFTs, as far as I know, is almost like artwork and like you're buying the rights to that artwork or something. Um, yeah. but I don't, I don't really understand that yet and I don't see value in it. Um, but I guess some people might, but, uh, the ones I see is as valuable as, um, offering utilities to people with, with NFTs. So say a business like us, we made NFTs and we sold them. Um, and we had different types of NFTs and one of them was, um, that they got to sit down and have dinner with us, um, three times a year. We got to, oh, no uh, they got one thing of every everything out of our collection they get one of everything in the year that sort of stuff so like yeah. offering them something in return for buying the nft is i don't know that's if we were to get into nfts which i hope we will um that's the avenue we're going to go down that that actually makes sense as well because that's why even if you look at cryptocurrencies the ones that have been successful like ethereum runs on smart contracts you can actually build on the ethereum blockchain itself Bitcoin, there's what, 23 million or something? That's the maximum you can have. 
but now you see all these meme coins which is unlimited demand and supply and they're just everywhere yeah yeah god i i can't keep up with that stuff man are you into your crypto <laughs> i like my crypto eh? i've got i've got a few different ones but yeah. um i probably got into it 2017 i think it was or 2016 and what, um, just what platform do you use I use crypto.com and easy crypto. And then I save it all on Exodus. Okay. But, but most of my crypto is, it's actually even my brother's wallet because New Zealand, it was so hard to buy crypto and he lives yeah. in Aussie and you could uh, buy yeah. everything in Aussie. Easy there, right? yeah. yeah. So I bought it in like 2016, bro. Like in New Zealand, I couldn't figure out where to buy it from. Went over to Aussie and he's like, oh yeah, I can buy it from Coinbase. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit, you're well ahead of the game, bro. But um, nah, it's it's. I sort of I wasn't at the very low. I sort of got in halfway. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Before we finish up, I've got to ask you one more question, which is something I ask everyone. Yeah. Um, gonna put you a little bit on the spot, but what's like a quote or a story that you recite to yourself? Something that you remember that gives you motivation, that pushes you. Like when when there's lows in business or lows in the rugby or the podcast, what do you remind mm-hmm. yourself to keep yourself going? Something that instantly pops to my head is that um, if you enjoy what you're doing um, every day, uh, you'll never work another day in your life. And that's something I try and live by, bro. So I'm trying to build this thing that around like doing stuff that I love doing um, and making a living from it. So um, I can turn up uh, Monday to Friday and Saturday to Sunday if I want to, and uh, it doesn't feel like work. Solid. Oh, there we go, everyone. Thanks, Carlos. What I'm going to do is post the links to um, your socials and your websites below. So that's to the 138 Clothing and, of course, the Hustlers podcast. Thanks again, mate. Awesome, brother. Appreciate you for having me on.